There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411 Part 10 of Alan Quartermain. This year, we are only going to talk about 1998. This year? This year. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we are only going to talk about 1998, and it really is primarily the pill addiction. Some stuff does get pulled in a little bit. Right. Because it it just does. I forgot how much Taggart was in this. Yes. Yes. Like so much. Mm Mm-hmm. I love watching that kind of stuff because he came on screen. I was like, do you know who talked to him? I I did (laughs) for like a whole day. So fun. Awesome. So we used Curly Q Girl General Hospital's uh, website did have the drug addiction Mm -hmm. storyline write up. We also used SoapCentral.com's recaps to kind of fill in the blanks because her write up didn't start until July. July. Yeah. And as we were watching the 73 part video playlist, it was so funny because it's like on YouTube, 73 <laughs> videos. And you're like, okay, but you don't have to watch like all of them. Yeah, you did. And then you get into it and it's like part one, part two. And you're like, okay, it'll be like five parts. And then the rest will just be filler. No, it went part one. They part did two, a really to part 56. How we so. have been asking about like a storyline yes. having, there were some things that they obviously had not gotten into right this but seriously i think this is the most thorough absolutely yeah playlist that we have found and it was great we're going to post the link to the all of it in the show notes but those three resources <laughs> so we'll just get started in january Alan and Monica get cozy while they are preparing for the elq board meeting they discuss jason and aj and monica asks alan what he is what he is on that's making him in such a good mood. Because we kind of touched on that after the 
hand surgery, surgery mm-hmm. he had started taking these pills. And Alan tells her that it's just being around her that does it. Because they're in a really good place yes. at this time. Monica leaves the room and Alan takes more pills. Later in the month, Alan tries to warm up to Monica, asking her out to lunch and dinner. And she flat out refuses both offers. Her main concern is getting Emily back in the house and trusting them again. So this is the thing. Like, this wasn't in the video series. I know that there was some stuff going on. Okay, here. Should we just do the? Here's the sideline stories that are going on. Yeah. So we're going to have to reference it, but we're only going to reference, like, blip. This is when they were also the Quartermans were fighting for custody of Michael, who Mm -hmm. was a baby. Baby, baby. In 1998. Yep. Carly was in Shady Brook. Uh-huh. Stuff was going on with ELQ, like always. Right. And Emily was a teenager. Right. Emily <laughs> like, was taking Jason's side yes, of everything. Yes. Because Jason, like we've known Jason to be, was completely honest with her about things going on where the quarter mains weren't because that's how the quarter mains are. So she right. was not living at home at the moment. Yes. So... Monica lets Alan know that she has talked to Emily and this is more serious than they realized. Monica has agreed to give her some time. Alan said that it was Tony's idea, but she wants him to take some responsibility. I forget what that was about. And he tells her that he only wants his son and grandson, but she lets him know that he did just the opposite and lost them both. Alan was kind of stuck in the middle of Edward was trying to really take Michael. (laughs) There were some points though where he was legit that's my grandson and I feel like he's in a very dangerous situation. And instead of, yeah, whatever. I get that being concerned about Jason having him because Jason was involved with Sonny, but they really wanted to send Carly away for as yeah. long as possible. And this is when Jason and Robin were together. Yes. She had that really cute haircut. The cute little pixie cut. She got it during this yes. video series because it's, it's mentioned in the videos. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Monica t- reminds Alan that he does have another son and maybe he should concentrate on him. Monica walks out and Alan is pouring himself a drink and Lila comes in the room and Lila suggests to Alan that it's probably a little too early to have a drink and she is upset with Edward and the family for what they did and Alan admits that it was absurd and cruel. He is upset and Lila wants to know what is troubling him. He tells her that he feels like everything is slipping away from him. He takes more pain pills and Monica walks in. And then in February, Amy found Alan in the general hospital garage asleep at the steering wheel of his car. He manages to explain his intoxicated state with a story about sleeping pills and stress. Robin also saw Alan and Amy together, and Alan made them both promise not to tell anyone about what had happened. Alan is seen by Brenda trying to get into the hotel pharmacy, and he makes up an excuse as to what he's doing there. Alan gains access to the hotel pharmacy and looks for his painkillers. Unfortunately, they are locked in a cabinet, which he has trouble opening. Well, I would hope your painkillers would be locked away. Alan has no luck picking the cabinet lock, so he puts his fist through the glass. This guy's really desperate. Well, obviously. The alarm set off and he grabs what he needs. Alan swallows his pills and then tries to wipe away his prints before leaving. He returns to Monica and she wants to know where he had been. And he claimed that he was dealing with a problem at the hospital. Technically true. I guess so. Technically. Technically. And then later in February, he calls in a prescription for a patient and adds on his pills, telling them he will pick it up himself. Monica walks in and tells him he needs to cut back and give himself a break. At work, not the pills. Right. Edward walks in and tells them that someone broke into the hotel pharmacy the night of the storm. The police are investigating and Edward wants whoever did this prosecuted to the fullest extent. Alan asks him if there's any leads. 
Monica overhears Amy telling another nurse how she found Alan asleep in his car in the garage downstairs. Okay, so we should all know by now, especially Alan should have known here, you cannot trust Amy to nope. keep a secret nope. from anyone. She mm -hmm. is the worst person. When Alan appears, Monica tells him what she overheard. He gives her some excuse and tells her he will cut back on his work. She'd like to hear about it next time from him. When he walks away, he goes over to the water fountain and pops another pill. Amy walks out of the elevator and sees him doing that. Then in March, while at the Port Charles Grill, two detectives came over to the table. So the quartermains were at the grill, I'm sorry. And they would like to speak to Alan about the key that he had borrowed from the hotel manager the night the drugs were stolen. They asked him a few questions, and Alan claims that he had to get some Tylenol for that woman, Virginia Benson. Mm. Uh-huh. Garcia finds it strange that she would go to him for this, as women usually carry Tylenol in their purse. That's not true. I used to, and I don't anymore. Mm -mm. Do You don't? Mm -mm. I, don't I, I was going to say, you don't carry a purse. Never mind. Well, then... But even when I carry a purse, no, not unless I know I'm going somewhere that I might need it. Right. I, I don't, I have no rhyme or reason why I don't anymore. I just don't. Okay. Alan agrees. It was a bit strange, but he never thought of it. Taggart asks him if he accidentally broke into the locked case while he was in there. Alan asks why he would break in and play stupid when they asked how he could not have seen the broken glass. Alan is relieved when they end their questions. Taggart calls him a junkie and Garcia is surprised by his accusations. He can't see it and thinks Taggart is so tanked on getting Jason He'll even go after his daddy. He won't be a part of that. That's Garcia won't be a part of Taggart going after Alan. Later, with his illicit pill supply running low yet again, Alan heads back to the hospital to stock up. Amy is alarmed to find Alan passed out in the office next to an open vial of pills. And after bringing him around, Amy begs her friend to get help for his chemical dependency. But Alan insists that he does not have a drug problem. Desperate to convince Amy he only took a few pills to help get him through a family crisis, Alan tells the nurse his grandson has been kidnapped. A few days later, Alan is on the phone with what seems to be a patient giving reassuring advice, but he talks about having his own vice, one which he cannot stop and doesn't want to. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to. He says he's lying to himself because he can't stop the vice and even hates himself. He hopes that he'll find the strength that will save him, and Alan apologizes for what's going on and hangs up. In April, he blasted Emily for defending Jason. Monica yells at Alan for his treatment of Emily and ordered him to seek professional help for whatever was bothering him. Alan tries to apologize to Emily for his recent behavior towards her, but she still remains confused about his erratic behavior and rebuffed his reconciliation attempt. I'm not sure how she didn't see what was going on beforehand. I know you don't want to accept it being your parent, but being that she has seen AJ with his alcoholism, right. she struggled with some drug use also. Right. What is going on here that she's not picking up on that? Um, this caused Alan to blow up at Emily again, causing her to fear Alan more. Alan then realized that he had to kick his addiction and sneaked off to a motel in attempt to go cold turkey. Was that when she, when he screamed at her about all the stuff that was going on in his life? Yeah, I think so. They were in his bedroom. I'm not exactly sure if he yells a couple of times. So maybe if it was, it was in the 73 part series, then no. Oh yeah. Then okay, okay. Then no. Then no. Different right. time. Yep. Okay. So then Alan continues to stay in the hotel room, trying to withdraw from his addiction. He lays down on the bed, only to awaken later by a knock at the door. It's Emily. She says she got there just in time and is there to take care of him. Alan is so thankful, but then Emily empties the contents of a paper bag, and it has every imaginable type of drug in it. She tells him she bought them for him. 
He tells her he's trying to quit, but Emily starts to push them on him, telling him he will feel better if he takes one. Alan succumbs and Emily starts to take a handful of pills. Alan Lynn wakes up and realizes it was just a dream, then he cries out for help. He sits at the table in his hotel room and drops the glass. As he is picking it up, he cuts his finger. As he puts it in his mouth to stop the bleeding, he stops and takes the empty pill vial out of the trash can and puts his finger in the vial to get any powder residue that may be left in the vial from the pills. Then he puts his finger in his mouth to get whatever he can from the vial. He goes over to the phone by the bed and picks up the phone. That was very detailed. <laughs> An employee from the hotel arrives at Alan's room and Alan pays him to find someone who can replace his medication. The man agrees, making the comment that Alan looks as if he needs to be in the hospital. Later, a guy with a suitcase arrives and tells Alan he can fill his order as long as he can pay for it. This seems to make Alan slightly nervous. Alan purchases pills from the drug dealer who turns out to be an informant for Taggart. Taggart then enters Alan's motel room and saw him sleeping and hinted that he had an agenda with him. Alan returned home and was still controlled by his addiction. Alan managed to reconnect with Monica but was not able to make any headway with Emily. She was really sticking to her guns with this. Mm -hmm. At GH, Alan pops more pills, then walks into Tony's room. He tells Tony that there is a capacity as he is there in the capacity. I'm sorry. I'm like, what? In the capacity of chief of staff, Tony makes some comments about Alan's appearance, telling him he needs to see a doctor, but Alan doesn't want to hear it. Tony was really trying to be a good friend through all he of this. He was. Yeah. Then in May, Alan worries over Jason's compound. Alan's worries over Jason compounds his pill problem, and he lied to the pharmacy to get more drugs. AJ and Emily noted his strange behavior, but he managed to cover their questions. Alan's pill-induced mood swings force him away from Emily and Michael. This is baby Michael. After we have to keep reiterating that because he should only be like 22, 23. He's not. Yep. He was born the same year Matt was. After buying pills from a drug dealer, Alan overdosed in the park. Fearing Alan's peculiar behavior, Emily took Michael and left the Quartermain mansion. Mm -hmm. Tony began the first day of his community service sentence by working at a drug rehab clinic and was shocked when he saw Alan wheeled in after overdosing on pain medication. Meanwhile, the Quartermains realized that Emily had Michael and were missing and assumed that Tony had taken Michael because <laughs> of a whole storyline <laughs> we can't get into right now, but there was confusion over paternity. There you go. Tony had saved Alan's life and protected his identity even when the Quartermains arrived and accused Tony of kidnapping Michael again. Tony defended himself and then went back to treating Alan behind the closed curtain. A suspicious Monica drew open the curtains but couldn't recognize Alan under an oxygen mask and covers. Monica then learned that from Bobby that Emily had brought Michael to the Brownstone. Bobby convinced Emily to return Michael to the Cornmain mansion to everyone's relief and delight. Alan soon woke up at the clinic and was surprised to learn that Tony had saved him. Alan breathed a sigh of relief when Tony informed him that no one would know what had happened, including Monica and his family. A gloating Tony then told Alan to go to rehab, but Alan was in denial. Alan thanked Tony for what he had done, but Tony made it very clear that they were no longer friends and that he would not keep his addiction a secret. That's not not being a friend. That's not letting your friend continue down a down, downward spiral. I don't think Tony could let anything happen. Right. Friend or not, mm -hmm. he was not going to let Alan do. If there was something he could do, he was going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Alan asked Tony why he covered for him with the cues. Tony wants to tell. Tony wants to know what Alan wants. To keep it between us, Alan says. Tony sell, says that he is an addict and Alan denies it. Tony tells Alan to come clean with the Quartermains and Alan goes home. At home, Alan tells Emily that he left to get away from his demons. Emily tells Alan that he scared her and 
that his behavior needs to change. Allison, Alan promises to try. Monica shows up and asks Alan where he's been. He covers and says that he left a note that he went to his retreat spot to think. Monica tells him that Jason and Brenda are okay and Alan is relieved. I guess there was an accident. Mm -hmm. And then later on in May, so this one I had to really kind of rewrite because, again, could have gotten off on another storyline. <laughs> but Luke was wearing a mask and he was trying to hide something. Okay. And he found Alan in a place where Alan was not supposed to be. Okay. And Alan was taking a drink after downing some pills. But Alan didn't recognize Luke because he was, like, so strung out. And he told Luke that he looked like... And Luke was wearing a mask that looks like death. Okay. And Alan assumed that he was security and tells Luke that this disguise is wonderful because he looks like an executioner. And Luke bows to him and Alan leaves. And the reason that I kept that in is because it kind of alludes to just how strung out he was. Right. That this was just okay. Mm -hmm. right. you, you can know? wear a mask that looks like death. It's fine. Right. You know, with he's just like, oh, ha, 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 that's funny. So while all this is going on, Monica arrives home to find that everyone has already left. This is the Bacchanalia. Okay. Yes. And she starts <laughs> to open the mail before she gets stressed for the party. And she sees a credit card bill that was addressed to Alan, which shows that he was not at a retreat in April, but instead was at a hotel. And to make sure that she hadn't confused her dates, she asked Reginald if she remembered the dates that Alan was gone. And she did a really good job. And she's, I actually watched this because I went back and watched a little bit to see if I could. And she was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going over my schedule. And I, she's like, I know that I worked that night that Alan was gone. Do you happen to remember the date? You know, I can't like pinpoint. There was, she, she did a good job at trying to get this information. And of course, Reginald knew. Yes, because it was his cousin's birthday. And so she puts two and two together and realizes, you know, okay, he was at a hotel. What's going on? And Monica then left for the party. And then that must have been a Friday because then the next date is the 25th. And okay. that was the 21st. So that is the next day, it's the 25th. Alan is dazed and tells Monica that he's going home. She's shocked and thinks that he should be on his way to the hospital. And fine, he goes to the hospital. Alan got into Amy's car and asked her not to tell anyone about his pill problem. And seeing them together, Monica suspected that Amy and Alan were having an affair. Because the hotel... hotel. Right. <laughs> and when she walked up to the car, like, they were hugging. And they uh. were in the backseat of the car. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. After telling Bobby that she suspected Alan and Amy were having an affair, Monica resolved to make love to Alan. Alan's pill problem, however, made him incapable of making love to Monica and prompted an ugly argument. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Alan showed up at Luke's, and when Luke tried to talk to him, Alan starts to look strangely. Then Luke's old friend, Tammy the Hooker, this is what this says. <laughs> this is what was written back in 1998. Okay? Thanks. By SoapCentral.com. Sex worker. We're just reading. <laughs> Walks in. Luke goes into the stock room, and Alan starts talking to her. He uses an alias and picks her up. They go to a hotel room and Tammy starts to come on to him. Alan starts to let her know. Alan starts to let her and then he stops her. He tells her that he can't and shows her it's because of the pills which make him numb. They talk about his problem and Alan tells her he knows what the pills are doing to his body, but he can't stop. Tammy then tells him that she had the same problem with diet pills until last year when she got busted and had to spend time in jail. She went to jail for diet pills? Wow. Was that... Wow. Okay. Was we'll that have to look at that. I don't know. Okay. Alan tells her that he couldn't do that because he has a family and an image to uphold. And Tammy warns him that he won't have a choice if he gets caught. She then leaves. Good counseling, Tammy. Yes. At the cues, Monica confronts Alan with the affair she thinks he is having with Amy. 
Alan laughs at her and Monica asks if he going to if he's going to deny it. He tells her, of course, because he could certainly do a lot better than Amy. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Okay, we're going to attribute that to the pills because Amy, first of all, you shouldn't say you can do better than anyone because you shouldn't. But on top of that, Amy was like young and cute. When you think of someone having an affair, she's that who would you be would a, think yeah. her husband was going to have an affair with. Yeah. Monica's painter goes off and she turns to leave the room. She changes her mind and walks back to yell at Alan some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she asks how his hand is and says it's a shame he is only using it for drinking scotch and fooling around with Amy. <laughs> she then warns him that he had better figure out what is important and what he wants so he doesn't lose it because she's about had it. Emily walks in and Alan is sleeping in the chair. He had passed out. Right. In the meantime, she tells him that she has to go somewhere and Reginald isn't around. Alan offers to drive her himself, even though he has been drinking and popping pills. Emily agrees and Later, Alan starts to doze off while he's driving. He runs the car off the road into a tree, and Emily is not hurt except for her neck. So then in June, after hitting the tree with his car, Alan tells her she isn't hurt enough to go to the hospital, and that he'll just take care of her at home and to put some ice on her neck. In the meantime, he offers her two of his pills, because why not? She questions why he has them in his coat pocket, and Alan tells his daughter they're for just in case his hand hurts. Alan clearly shaking over what has just happened and what's been going on with him and Monica. Alan apologizes for breaking down like he just did and claims to not have meant half the things he said, especially about her mother. Alan claims to be no better than AJ, but Emily says that's not true. This is not like the accident AJ had with Jason. No one got hurt and Alan wasn't drunk. She should only know he's high as a kite on pills, right? She should have known. I still don't get this. Mm -hmm. Emily tells her father that Monica does not have to find out because we should always ask our teenage kids to keep secrets for us. Mm -mm. She hands him the pain pills thinking he might need them more than she does, but he tells her to hold on to them in case her neck starts to hurt more because that's good medicine. He has more if he needs them and we all know that he had plenty. Alan and Emily go home and AJ asks them about their evening. Emily says she had pizza with Robin and Jason while Alan waited in the car for her. AJ finds the story a little fishy and then AJ catches Alan taking his pills. Anytime someone offers up like that much information. <laughs> right. It was pepperoni pizza with, I had three slices and they were like, do you want a fourth? And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I went, you know what? Sure. <laughs> And dad just sat in the car the whole time. Exactly. He listening to the radio. He listened to the following songs. <laughs> I made him a whole playlist. Oh, she made him a mixtape of what to listen to. It's a pizza tape. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, though, she tried to tough out her neck pain. She secretly took one of Alan's pain pills. Monica again accuses Alan of having an affair with Amy, but he claimed that Amy, Amy simply had a crush on him. No, no, she didn't. Amy was shocked. She was confronted by Monica about her crush on Alan. She then blasted Alan, who swore he would get help with his pain problem after the nurse's ball. Emily tries to ease the pain in her neck by popping another one of Alan's pain pills. Okay, so before we move on, did you watch this nurse's ball? No, but he like had a major breakdown. He had a major, and it, it was so sad to watch because he was singing someone to watch over me with Robin. Okay. And they were doing like a dance and song number and everything. And it was the fifth nurse's ball. They're on opposite sides of the stage, whatever they're dancing. And then Robin falls and he's the first thing he says, he's like, 
what are you doing? Or like, are you okay? I don't think he said, are you okay? I think he said, what are you doing? And then he's like, you missed your mark, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He had slipped up the words a little bit beforehand. Like he was very obviously like becoming. Yeah. So then he walked off stage and Robin's kind of just like standing there. And Ned stood up and started to finish singing with her. And I mean, he obviously didn't know the dance that they were supposed to do. So he kind of just like, I mean, he did his best, like helping her move around the stage and singing. He at least knew the song. Right. And in the back, Alan's sitting there and Taggart comes back and he's like, you need to go home. I mean, he definitely was not being kind, mm-hmm. but he was like, you're stoned. He's like, how many pills have you taken? So it was kind of a, the Taggart that we have now is not the Taggart of the 90s. The Taggart of the 90s thought that he was always doing the right thing. And he just had a really bad way of doing the right, doing the thing. Right. And so I don't want to make it sound like he was bear- being all caring. I mean, he was definitely like, you got a problem, dude. I could. Right. Like he was trying to not arrest him and just give him the option to go home yep. and we'll handle this. And all AJ in the came in the back and he's like, you need to get him out of there, out of here. Emily comes back. And after AJ does take Alan away, Taggart actually genuinely caringly asked her, are you okay? And she goes, what do you care? And walks off. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, the Alan Quartermain just did that and everyone just excused it away as though Alan's been battling the flu and Ned tells someone that he must have taken an antibiotic and had a little too much champagne and Brenda's like oh I thought he was stoned because <laughs> Brenda's not gonna sit there and pretend like she doesn't know what's going on yeah but this was the year that Tagger and Dara and Lucky and Liz did Jailhouse Rock so it was like really good nurses ball go back and watch the nurses ball so cute oh and there was at one point I forget when it was but Taggart mentioned that he's not a married man, mm-hmm. which made sense at that point. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> rewatching so much we're of this, s- I'm like, I like Portia. This. I like Portia. I like Portia. <laughs> but it'd be awesome if Dara Jensen had been Trina's mom. Yes. Just throwing that out there. Okay. So that was it about the nurse's ball, but I just had, yeah, that they, had to they be. They reference it like in the YouTube videos. Everyone is like, Great. we knew there was something wrong at the nurse's ball mm-hmm. at the nurse's ball, but I did not watch that one. So then on June 10th, as Alan purchases a supply of pills from a drug dealer on the docks, Taggart appears and announces that the pusher is actually a snitch who is wearing a wire. Facing a stiff jail sentence and the loss of his medical license, a terrified Alan begs the detective to let him go. Taggart earns Alan's undying gratitude by agreeing to release the doctor without filing any paperwork. And then Alan confronts Amy at GH. She tells him that he had better quit talking or I'm sorry, he had better quit taking his pills after the ball. Alan tells Amy to stop talking and he leaves. Bobby sees him and asks him about the ball, but Alan just snaps at her. Alan tries to buy drugs from a dealer on the street. They argue about secrecy before the dealer says there is no hydroconone in Port Charles. So of course the only option is to offer him hydromorphone. Morphone? Isn't it morphine? Maybe not. I don't know my drugs. Maybe that is one. Oh, hydromor- hydromorphone is a narcotic. It can treat moderate to severe pain. Oh, it's high risk for addiction and dependency. Can cause respiratory distress and death when taken in high doses huh. or combined with other s- substances, especially alcohol or other illicit drugs such as heroin or cocaine. But it's supposed to be stronger than hydrocodone. So he offers him hydromorphone. 
And hydrocodone is an opioid that is used to treat pain as a cough suppressant. There you go. Okay. Okay. So no more hydrocodone in Port Charles. So do you want some hydromorphone instead? And Alan refuses and goes home. At the mansion, Monica asks about Amy and Alan is uncooperative. So Monica tells him to spend some time with his children. He decides to do just that and goes outside to visit Emily. He asks her if she has any of the hydrocodone left. And when Emily reveals that she has one pill left, they split it and act silly and giggle. Because, again, we should always do drugs with our kids. That's a great idea. Hmm. Could you imagine? Like, first of all, would not give a pain med to my child, especially one not prescribed to them and not be monitoring it. Like, wouldn't give prescription meds to my kid without monitoring it. Definitely wouldn't give it without a prescription. But even if I did, like once I gave it to you, it's yours. I'm not going to come back to you and be like, hey, can I score some pills off you that I gave you? That's insane. Alan loses it yet again in front of his bewildered family in a fit of anger provoked by whatever. After he thunders out, Monica asks AJ to keep quiet about the scene and to not make it a subject for gossip. Because, of course, we wouldn't want our name to be tarnished any more than it is. Alan wanders into Tony's clinic looking for drugs. He kisses up to Tony in a big way and held out the carrot of a return to GH once the stint at the clinic was up and then asks for hydrocodone. So this was whenever Tony had lost his license because of all of the medical stuff. Not his stuff. license. Well, and he lost his position lost his at privileges. GH. Yeah. Yes. And so he went to work at the clinic until all that could be worked Why out. Why don't we have a clinic? They like mention it here or there, but it's like not really a thing. Yeah. Because, uh, who was at the clinic somewhat recently? Not not recently, but somewhat recently. Like in the past I don't know. two years that we've been doing this. I don't know. I'll have to think on it. There's something. We talked about the clinic at some other time that was like more relevant. Anyway. When Monica and Rick opened it. But that was in the 70s yeah, or 80s. No. Okay. No, I feel like it was something that happened like, like TJ had done hours there or something. Oh, okay, maybe. But I can't I can't remember for sure. Okay. All right. Anyway. I see. I like a thing feel like you like might flicker. Yeah. Okay. This is not the <laughs> clinic's four one one. Exactly. So Tony baited his old friend but then declined. Monica was flashing back to her last disaster attempt at lovemaking with Alan when Robin called with the news that the good doctor was AWOL. Where he was, Alan's on the docks in a most fearsome temper and prepared to buy hydromorphone from Handy Andy. That's a nice name. That makes me think of um, Toy Story. Oh my <laughs> gosh. He bought, he swallowed, he closed his eyes and relaxed. At the quarter mains, Edward in his usual bluster complaining that they'll be late for the nurse's ball. And why were they referencing it earlier? Oh, I'll continue to read. Okay. So this is basically everything that I just said about the nurse's ball was, um, maybe Amy was just like, okay, you can take them until the nurse's ball is over, like just to get through it. And then seriously, after the nurse's ball, you got to stop. Maybe. Okay. okay. That would make okay. more sense. So yeah. sorry that I explained it too early. I we, we sometimes do that because we get so excited. <laughs> well, I forgot that they, because the videos and the write-up had only done that. And then I went back and filled in the blanks. And so when they mentioned the nurse's ball, I thought that was the only time. So yeah, that's everything. Yeah. That was what you had said. That, yeah. Whatever. Okay. So then, um, AJ woke up Alan to confront his father over his dependency. Alan got huffy and directed AJ to butt out. 
Meanwhile, Edward, Ned, and Monica went on damage control, calling everyone in the media and explaining that Alan was fine, just a little under the weather. Once they all got off the phone, the handwriting began. Hand ringing. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hand ringing began with them all asking, like, how could they be so blind? Why didn't they know? Blah, blah, blah. Until Emily came in, and instead of telling her anything of the substance abuse, they told her that she should offer her father all of her love and support. When Alan, still in his tux from the ball, made it in, they first attempted to coax him into admitting he had a problem, but he insisted the problems were all theirs and pointed fingers all around the room. A majorly strung out Alan walks in and heads straight for the bar. Lila wheels in silently and surprises her son. I love Lila. Mm-hmm. He offers excuses. She cries in disappointment and exits. Emily comes down, sees Alan holding his hand, and inquires about his pain. He acknowledges it and rebuffs her attempt to get him outside. She leaves. Edward and AJ re-enter, this time with Ned, and they fill Alan in on the warehouse fire and trash him for his stupor. When Dr. Quartermain announces his upcoming departure to address the Who in London, this is another one of those Monica breaks. She, like, goes away. They break into him that no way will they allow this pathetic being to represent General Hospital, so instead they'll send Monica. No, yeah. yeah Alan was, was saying go, he was going to, took, and they're like, no, you're not. Right, so she took over. But and this she, is a few weeks later after the nurse's ball. Okay. Yeah. Alan does not react well, but they shout him down. AJ gets his father alone to get the point across that he feels Alan's pain, both in chemical dependency and especially in the family scapegoat department. But Alan's not in the mood to accept his situation as anything other than unique. AJ was really good during all of this. Like he was trying to, he was adamant. Mm -hmm. You've got a problem. But he really could have been like, yeah, dad, remember how much you helped me? Yeah, I'm going to help you right, exactly the right. same. But he didn't. And Alan says that at some point. I don't think that mm-hmm. we're there yet. But he calls AJ for help and AJ helps him. And then Alan's like, I would have just left you here. I don't know why yeah. you're doing this to me. So I went into July. So you can go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. So then a little while later, Alan, Emily starts getting into modeling. And Alan does not take the news very well. And just like he has... Over the past few weeks, he really just tears into the whole thing. And he says she's off to enter like the Brenda Barrett guide to, and like there was something not very nice. And I can't remember what it was. AJ tells Alan that he needs help. Alan tells him that they're deranged. Ned warns him that they will restrain him until he's, until he straightens up. Oh, we're in July now. Sorry. AJ says that they have enabled him for too long. Alan tells him to stop, to shut up with that 12-step junk. You're a pathetic human being who needs to share his affliction with anyone who will listen. AJ Hurt says, and you're an addict. Alan replies, I am not an addict. I am anxious and I'm depressed and I have become the brunt of my family's hostilities. He leaves. AJ has Reginald take all of the keys. AJ goes out to a weeping Emily. Shoot me, Emily says, and she's by gosh going to make to model if they like her. Alan sneaks out and buys hydrocodone. Then a few days later, back at the Quartermains, Alan is pouring juice. He is calling his drug source, demanding hydromorphone now. Edward comes in and Alan tries to lie about who he was calling and then EJ came in too. That was funny. He was trying to say he was talking to his secretary and Edward's like, don't even bother lying. Like, mm. I don't want it. Kind of like you, what you said. If you're telling this much of a story about a simple call to your secretary, yep. you weren't talking to your secretary. Yep. AJ confronts Alan about his drug abuse. Alan is in no condition to listen. And Edward says that if Alan does one more thing to embarrass the family, he'll have him out of here as soon as he can draw papers. Alan leaves, but remains outside the door listening. And 
they had talked about, Alan had suggested, you know, it'd be really nice as if the family could get together for like a 4th of July picnic because this was July 2nd, I think, or July 10th. So no, but so Alan had suggested that the family get together for like some kind of a picnic or something. I forget why, but, and this is all part of the video. Like this is the beginning of the video series. Mm -hmm. So we're finally to the part where I was watching this stuff and AJ suggested an intervention to Edward and Edward didn't know what that meant. And he was like, well, does that mean that we take away his drugs and we find them all? And Alan heard that. And so he decided to leave the mansion. And AJ actually explained to Edward what it was. And this is when, I mean, Edward's a hard man to love, but he was just like, okay, so tell me about this. And I don't like the way that this is written. It says they spar over who should be present and where it should occur. So AJ explained what it was. And he's like, basically, we all write something down and read it to Alan explaining how his drug dependency is affecting us, you know, our love for him, our concern, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And Edward goes, okay, I'm going to go write my letter. I mean, he was very, very much on board. And AJ said, okay, great. Oh, hey, why don't, or Edward's like, so where would we do this? Would we do it at a hotel? And they even suggested Canada at, at one point. Because, you know, that's like right there. Then AJ says, hey, why don't we use Alan's idea of having a family picnic and do it there? Because AJ says that he's going to call like Bobby and this and that. And that was the disagreement. Edward was like, no, this needs to be immediate family. We're not even going to include Emily because she's a child. Mm -hmm. Like this is so they're they're not sparring. Right. Edward was just very much right now. It just has to be like you, me, Lila, Monica, you know maybe the staff, anyone in the house. He's like, we don't need... Oh, but Edward was okay with Catherine Bell. Of course. Because she was living in the cute mansion at the time. <laughs> AJ agrees to keep it to immediate family. Alan is upset that his stash might be confiscated. So he sets up a deal with his drug de- dealer to meet him on a more regular basis to stock up. The dealer starts laughing with him. He's like, what do I look like? The milkman? And Alan convinces the dealer to meet him on a regular basis. And he was like, well, we could go get lunch every Thursday. And he's like, what? He's like, we're not going to get lunch every Thursday. He's like, do I look like the kind of guy they let into the places where you go to lunch on Thursday? So then Alan convinces, he convinces him to meet him. The dealer leaves. And then Alan is struck from behind by a mugger who steals his wallet and assorted other pocket sundries, aka the pills. As Alan is passed on the sidewalk, someone steals his watch and looks for other valuables and then walks away. Alan later wakes up, sore and realizing that his pills are gone. He calls out to a man sitting near him that's drinking and asks if he saw who mugged him. He then calls out to the man and says that he is a worthless drunk and that they are all alike. And the man responds that he should know, referring to AJ. Alan tries to stand up and barely makes it to the payphone because we didn't have cell phones, a foot away to call. And he tries to call collect and he gets angry with the operator. And then he actually calms down and apologizes to the operator. And he's like, well, can I just make a collect call? It's local, whatever. Alan calls AJ and tells him that he was mugged and asks AJ to come get him. He asks him to bring some cash. AJ hangs up and wonders if Alan is really telling him the whole story. But AJ goes and meets him. Alan's all embarrassed telling AJ that he should have just left him there or told him to crawl back home with, on his hands and knees or that he didn't care. Alan admits if the shoe were on the other foot, he wouldn't be so kind to AJ. Alan then tells him he will never forget what he has done for him and promises AJ that tomorrow he will be a new man. He tells AJ that he will walk to the corner market and clean himself up in the restroom, then take a cab home and asks AJ if he has any cash with him. AJ tells him that he can't stop him from doing drugs, but he won't let him score right under his nose. AJ extends his hand 
to Alan and they head for home. I don't think the bum was referring to AJ. I don't think so either. I think he was referring to Alan yeah. also being an addict. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like as you're, you're reading that, I'm like, why did they take that from it? I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was Alan who said I should know referring to AJ. I thought so too. But if it was the bum that said it, then it would have been referring to Alan. Like not... don't like look in the mirror, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. Okay. That, that write up was not how I took it. And then eventually Ned told Emily that Alan was addicted to drugs and an angry Alan lashed out at Ned and AJ. Emily was unable to convince Alan that he had a problem. AJ then attempted to stop Alan from leaving the house to purchase more drugs. AJ confronts Alan about his drug addiction and they get into a nasty argument. Alan accuses AJ of being upset because from day one, Alan loved Jason more. That was awful. Like I out loud was like, <gasps> I mean, that. horrible. AJ is the only, AJ is only trying to stop Alan. Monica returns home from London and is quickly brought up to speed. Monica confronts Alan about his addiction. He won't be returning to the hospital. She has already called Stefan, who went to the hospital board and decided to give Alan a leave of absence. Monica is named the new chief of staff. Alan comments that she has always been ambitious and now she has made it to the top by climbing over his back. Alan says she has never taken care of him. It's always been about her, her cancer, her sexual harassment suit. Monica tells Alan that she's there for him now. Um, he also threw in, and I can't remember if it was this point or another point, but he's like, or when you're bored, your affairs. Because mm -hmm. he had never had any. And she reminds him that she's there for him now. Alan isn't having it, and he won't admit that he has a problem. He needs help. He's not an addict, and Monica will be giving his job back within the month. There isn't enough limelight to support her ego. He really got cruel. Yeah. Alan then leaves AJ and comes back. He was eavesdropping from the terrace like he and Jason used to do when they were kids. <laughs> this time was different, though, because Monica isn't fighting with Alan. She's fighting an addict, and they are cruel. Mm -hmm. In the quarter main living room, Alan, Ned, AJ, and Edward are all standing warily around. Monica comes in wondering why Alan hasn't cracked up years ago. Alan takes a phone and deals with the service person and the lost cell phone. And this is from when he was mugged and everything. Right. He was missing his phone. Ned mutters, you'd think he'd be given a Nobel Peace Prize. You'd think he was being given a Nobel Peace Prize because the way that he was talking ah. to the operator, it was like the phone company calling and saying, when did you lose it? Because there's all these weird phone calls and phone hundred calls over like... And he's like, what do you say? Oh, because this is when you had to pay for minutes. Yes. And <laughs> and a lot of phone calls to the payphone yes. where he had called AJ from. And so he was talking to him. He was like, I'm an esteemed physician. Who do you think? Like, why would I be calling a payphone in that section of town? Blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And so that was whenever Ned was like, oh, you think he's giving a speech for the Nobel Peace Prize because he was just talking so egotistical, like he was so much better. Right. So then Monica comes down and tells Alan that Emily left wearing the wearing something different, a smile, and they argue about modeling. Monica went to Steve Hardy's memorial. Alan goes out onto the patio and Monica talks to Ned and AJ about Emily. She wants to be sure that it's tasteful, like the pictures and everything will be tastefully done because AJ is going to be traveling with Emily to make sure that they are. Yes. Then they go look for Alan, but they've lost him down at the CD phone. So that so the pay phone, pay phone. Yep. It's the CD phone. Now Alan is harassing people. One of them chokes him and Tagger interrupts this. He is snide to Alan. Someone reported a whacked out gentleman of the Caucasian 
Caucasian persuasion terrorizing the good people of this neighborhood. That wouldn't be you, would it, Doc? Mm, he's so smooth. He did have a very smooth demeanor. Oh, he like did. when he was mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. Alan claims that he's just looking for the mugger. Taggart hasn't heard about the mugging. Did Alan report it? He's surprised that he hadn't heard about it before. Taggart offers to take him to GH and Alan just wants to go home. Taggart assured him that he will be hearing from me as soon as I have all my ducks in a row. And as Alan staggers off, Taggart mutters, quack, quack, quack. (laughs) He's not a good guy. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I love a really good villain. Yeah. Antagonist. There you go. Yes. Right. Because it wasn't really a villain because he did care enough about the little people that was right. affecting, like asking he had Emily the right okay. motive but the wrong execution they um few days later alan is at the hospital cell phone in hand completely out of control he starts stealing all the pills that were laid out on a cart to deliver to patients only to be caught by amy amy is upset with alan blowing his cover story by appearing at the hospital looking like death he sweet talks her into not talking and assures her that he needs to get that he's there to get the help that he needs and Amy buys it as she saw him. Like there were those little cups of pills and he's in there pulling all the pain right, pills right. out. Like, what do you mean he's getting the help he needs? Why do you need a handful of pills if you're getting the help you need? Right. Alan wants Ned to leave him alone. And when Ned finds him at the bar, Alan thinks that the family is hurting his reputation by taking away his chief of staff job. Then he has a brainstorm, which alarms Ned. Alan, Alan, keep talking. It worries me when you look like you're getting an idea. Alan wants Ned to get the police detective transferred out of town. Taggart makes himself at home in Monica's office as she asks what he wants. And he's there about Alan and the drugs. Then Alan is on the phone with his dealer and the dealer is posed as a doctor from Cincinnati. The dealer wants to know what his motivation is. Alan tells him in a wad of cash. Like, here's your motivation, some Benjamins. But then the dealer really means what is his motivation as this doctor he's like pretending to be like an actor kind of thing yeah like, yeah, yeah tell me why i'm in this like what kind of doctor am right. i you know like kip or whatever right exactly exactly and alan yells don't play with me and hangs up he then takes a drink as ned comes in ned is bitter because he has come to monitor the family pill free why is that his job monica is denying alan's drug addiction to taggart he tells her about seeing alan at the hotel and about the mugging It would seem to him that Monica ought to already know, and Monica wants to know what he wants. Alan doesn't think he's responsible for Ned's poor love life, and Ned says Alan doesn't think he's responsible for anything. Mm -hmm. Alan and Ned bicker back and forth. Ned wants to know what he gets for keeping the family together. Nothing. Alan says Ned bores him into a coma. Taggart hopes that he and Monica can work something out. He wants to make the city safe. She says if he wants to get to Jason through her, he can stop right there. Monica says maybe it's cool with her if her husband gets arrested. And Monica calls him on his blackmail and Taggart says that he was just kidding. That's a bad joke. Mm-hmm. Taggart just wants Monica on his side and he wants info on Justice Ward. Mm-hmm. Ah! Love Justice. He thinks that Monica can help him and Ned thinks that Alan is a useless wreck and basically says he's absolutely pathetic. Ned t- tries to figure out why people are sticking by Alan. He then finishes his drink and Alan gets up from his pretend sleep and goes to look for his dealer. Monica thinks that the info, Monica thinks giving info about justice will let Taggart get to Jason. Taggart assures her that he does not want Jason, but Monica says that he's lying. 
Taggart doesn't want Jason in prison. He does want to help her. Taggart wants Jason to choose a new career. He tells her to take her time to think about it and leaves. Alan is mad at his dealer because he's late. They make the exchange and the dealer leaves. Monica comes in and hears him talking to someone and she asks where Ned is, but Alan doesn't know. Alan says he was just talking to himself and he didn't know where Alan says he was just talking to himself and he had an epiphany. Monica is his life support. He loves her and he says the same and she says the same, but also says not enough to make him better. Maybe not, but is it enough to keep him going? What if he gets arrested? She asks. He says he won't. And she's like, but what if you do? And Alan admits that he would hang himself because he would not stand one night in a cell. Monica then goes to bed and he says that he will be there in a minute. And she leaves and washes and he washes down pills with alcohol as she watches. Wow. Um, and then fast forward a few days later, Alan's looking pretty bad and he did a great job of looking like crap. Yes. Like the progression mm-hmm. through all this, he starts to not shave. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, if they mention it and if I'm dumping ahead, I'm sorry, but there was one point where he was trying to put a flower like in his pinhole yes. and he's like, I can't get this in here, which I mean, you can do that sober, right, but you can right. not. And then AJ's like, dad, that buttonhole's sewn up. And then Alan says, well, fine. I'll just put it behind my ear. Yes. That is where it's like, mm-hmm. mm, wait. So he's digging for his pills and only finds empty bottles. AJ had gotten rid of all his stash. Alan calls his dealer, who's at the PCPD, demanding drugs. And the, he's sitting across from Taggart as he's talking about all this. The dealer says that he's out and has to call back tomorrow. Alan threatens him and the dealer hangs up. The dealer asks Taggart why he wants Alan. Taggart says he is just the chow for the big fish, as in bait that will get him to Jason. Mm-hmm. Alan shows up at Jason's and clumsily tiptoes around his point. He did a lot of back talking and double talking and I mean, really making no sense. And he wants drugs and expects Jason to get them for him because he's like, I know you don't deal drugs, but you might know people who do. Mm-hmm. And Jason's like, seriously, dude? No. Alan begs. Jason refuses. Jason tells him to leave. And as he turns to go, he suggests that Alan shouldn't be there when he returns. So why Jason left? I don't know. But then when Jason returns downstairs, he discovered money missing as well as his Maybe he had to check gun. on Michael. He maybe had to check on Michael. Yes. When he were, yeah, he did. He did. Okay. He did. When Jason returns downstairs, he discovers money missing as well as his gun. Alan sees his dealer and walks up to him, putting the gun into his back. Alan orders his dealer to give him drugs or he'll kill him. Monica calls Monica to warn her about Alan, telling her that Alan was there and asked Jason to help him get drugs. When he told Alan to get out, Alan went berserk. And when Jason went to put Michael to bed, Alan apparently went through Jason's desk, taking money and his gun. Monica is very worried, of course, and the dealer tries to calm Alan down, telling him that he's got the drugs for him, but he just has to wait for a half hour. Alan doesn't want to wait, but tells him that if he doesn't return, that he will come after him. Alan's dealer returns with the pills, and Alan downs a handful and gives the dealer the money out of his pocket. Is that enough, he asks? That's perfect, replies (gasps) Taggart. Busted. Taggart is pointing a gun at Alan and tells him to surrender his weapon. Alan is freaked and slowly puts the ground, gun on the ground. Taggart kicks it away and demands, do they do that in real life? Is that a real thing? I don't know. I would think it so. It happens all the time in TV. I would think so. They, they slide the gun over and then they kick it away. Yeah. It's a good thing because this is all happening on the pier. So it's a good thing he... <laughs> Oops, too far. <laughs> How many guns are in the bay, in the harbor? Off Pier 54. <laughs> yep. 
Um, Tacker kicks it away and demands that Alan give him the pills as well. He yells at Alan to get on his knees and put his hands on his head and then pushes him to the ground and reads him his rights. Alan just whimpers. He tries to talk his way out of being arrested with the excuse that he was taking the pills for medicinal purposes only as he is in terrible pain. Tacker just wants to know where did Alan get an unregistered gun without a serial number? Alan wants to make a deal. Justice walks by and Alan pleads with him to help him. Tagger tells Justice that Alan was found with a stolen firearm that belonged to Justice's employer. Justice looks over the police report and tells Alan that the case represents a conflict of interest and then walks away. Alan curses at Justice, telling Tagger that he was always out for him. And Alan begs Tagger not to arrest him and send him to jail as he has a career, a family. He'll lose everything. Taggart reminds him that he gave Alan every opportunity to pull himself out, but he chose to keep using, and that was his choice and not Taggart's. Monica arrives to fetch Alan, who's in handcuffs now. Taggart asks Monica if she has considered his earlier offer. Alan avoids jail if Monica will spy on Justice or Jason. Monica reluctantly agrees to help Taggart nail Justice, but not Jason. Taggart agrees to their deal and is very happy with himself. And then a few days later, Monica goes in to speak with Taggart. He offers to lose the booking slip on Alan and conveniently forget to file charges against him if Monica goes along with his plan. Of course, since he still has the evidence, he could remember at any time. He wasn't like a dirty cop. I mean, that's pretty dirty. But I don't even... He had a lot of gray areas. Mm -hmm. Monica takes the booking slip from his hand because Justice and Dara are both nearby. Tagger tells Monica to come back tomorrow to discuss how he wants to approach Justice. Monica leaves, walking past Justice and Dara, looking very uneasy with her decision. You'll think. And when Alan went, this is, I wish I had looked down because I did take like a couple notes and then I forgot to keep taking notes. When Alan went to go see Jason about getting drugs. Mm -hmm. Jason was explaining motorcycles to Michael. Why doesn't Michael have a motorcycle? Because that would be dangerous. He doesn't need a motorcycle. But still, with Jason's love of them and everything, like, I'm just surprised that that's not something that they... No. I'm not a fan either. I'm just saying. He's fine with his little collectible ones. Wiley can play with them and that's good enough. Okay. Okay, so... How did we get to almost an hour? I don't know because we with everything that wasn't in the original write up, right? And we weren't even stopping to talk a whole bunch. We were just highlighting little points. I know. So we are going to stop there for today. With Monica has agreed to work with Taggart. Next week we will do part two (laughs) of all of that. Oh my goodness! Maybe that's why Curly Q started in the summer because. There was just too much. Maybe. But I mean, I feel like all of that was really needed information, you know? Right. You have to figure out how we get to where we get. Exactly. Like, how did it get so bad? Because it really was baby steps. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it started with that one extra one. It started with this and that. So. Right. They they did a really good job of portraying it, but wow. Yeah. Dang. Okay. So put a pin in it for right now. (laughs) Pick it back up next week and we will finish out 1998. But in the meantime, join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. 
Also, we are not perfect, so if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.